Hello and welcome to The World in 10, your daily roundup of the biggest stories from across the world, written by our correspondents at The Times. I'm Laura Cook. On today's podcast, we'll ask how prepared are we for the next pandemic? Disease X is coming. Also, against the backdrop of civil war, an ambitious director brings Shakespeare to audiences in the Yemen. Now, we know we can't talk about COVID in the past tense. It's still here, but we've learnt to live with it by and large. But it quietly takes 500 or so lives a week, but the dark days of March 2020 seem like a distant memory. But are we ready for whatever hits us next? Viral outbreaks are on the rise, and in today's Sunday Times, Ben Spencer has a special report where he meets the scientists racing to stop them becoming a global threat. This Thursday marks three years since Boris Johnson ordered the UK into its first lockdown. We don't need reminding how since then nearly seven million people around the world have lost their lives to the virus. We've also endured the biggest social and economic disruption since the Second World War. In the Liverpool-based Pandemic Institute in the UK, Director Professor Tom Solomon and his team are tasked with making sure that never happens again. Ben Spencer here explaining what happens there behind the scenes. You go through a double-doored airlock so that nothing can escape. One door shuts before the other one opens and it's really strict protocols. And once you get inside the lab, it's all highly safety focused so you have to touch a um, a piece of equipment you can only wear specific gloves and before you touch a different piece of equipment you have to put those gloves in the bin and wear a different pair of gloves so that there's no transfer of viral material or bacterial material between equipment there's these freezers uh, that are buzzing away there's highly powerful fans sucking air out of these containment um, containment labs it's all a very very controlled environment where they're dealing with really dangerous viruses never again will we be unprepared that's the institute's motto it was founded in 2021 and it monitors emerging diseases and prepares for future outbreaks Around the world, research institutes and universities are working on two key questions. Where will the next pandemic come from and how can we stop it? You will have heard of illnesses like Ebola, Zika, Lassa fever and Nipah virus and they're all frightening. They form the bulk of the World Health Organization's list of priority pathogens. But most terrifying of all is the one at the very bottom of the list, Disease X. So, sooner or later, the next Disease X will appear, and we know the course of human history shows the Black Death killed up to 200 million people in the 14th century, Russian flu swept across the world in the 1890s, Spanish flu took 50 million lives in the aftermath of the First World War, and in the past four decades, HIV has killed 40 million people. The message is that we have to be on our guard for all possibilities in the future. Now, it's been almost one year since the UK announced its controversial policy to send asylum seekers to Rwanda. Since then, it's been tied up in legal challenges, unable to deport a single migrant. 
Despite the rough start, the UK Home Secretary Suella Braverman is hopeful that that plan will go ahead and she's been visiting Rwanda. Amy Gill has been taking a look at how this story has been developing. Rwanda is clearly ready. Those were Suella Braverman's words after inspecting the construction of migrant apartments in Kigali on Saturday. It's already, in fact, that the Home Secretary believes that there is every possibility that migrants could be deported to Rwanda this summer. But while Rwanda may be ready to receive migrants, the policy itself is currently sitting under review at the UK Court of Appeal. Now, the Home Office hopes the decision will be made by next month and is continuing under the assumption that the policy will not face further legal scrutiny. But this may be wishful thinking, as Professor Rosa Friedman, who is a member of the UN Civil Society Advisory Board, explains. No one knows which way the Court of Appeal will rule, but even if it rules in favour wholly of the government, um, there will still be the opportunity for this to be appealed up to the Supreme Court, which could take quite some time. And even if that is not successful, it could again be appealed up to the European Court on Human Rights. So it's looking quite unlikely that the scheme will actually start in the summer. As well as that ambitious summer deadline, Ms. Braverman also announced the policy will be expanded to include any migrant who arrives illegally to the UK, not just asylum seekers, closing any loopholes. And while charities and human rights groups are concerned for the safety of the migrants, the Home Secretary insists that the policy will deter gangs of people smugglers. To be or not to be, that's the question. Well, that's the question asked by an ambitious, brave director in battle-scarred Yemen. The country has faced civil war for the best part of a decade now, but amidst that, a troupe of actors have put on a production of Shakespeare's quintessential tragedy in a 19th century British church. Writing in today's Sunday Times, Louise Callaghan describes the opening night atmosphere for us. It was it was this incredible atmosphere. It was electric. So you have you have to imagine this church where they're staging a performance. It's a 19th century church built by the British uh, on top of a hill in Aden. It's beautiful. They've uh, Ahmed insisted that they use part of the funding that they got to renovate the church, not just for, for the performance, but but for the future. So it's you know it's dark and there's these lights in the church on top of the hill and people are queuing. And for many of the people who are coming, it, this is the first time they've been to a play. And then so it was this, uh, there's people queuing up with their families, uh, everyone kind of dressed up for a, for a big night. And then uh, when I was backstage before the performance started, people, the, the actors, they were very nervous, but they were very determined to pull this off. And then it was just amazing to see, you know, like this, this play was written more than four, 400 years ago by a guy from Stratford-upon-Avon. And it's being performed inside this church in, in Aden with... It's being performed in, in the in the Adani dialect of Arabic. And people are so moved. You know, I remember looking across the audience and seeing this uh, seeing this young woman crying, really, really weeping. And then, you know, people were like laughing, crying, clapping. It was incredible. They really, and, and Ahmed stayed really true to the essence of the play. Louise there describing where this church lies. And in the article, you'll find online, you'll see some of the fabulous pictures of both the actors and the scenery. The city itself lies inside a huge dormant volcano. And the director is 39-year-old Amma Gamal, founder of the Collegiate Aden acting troupe. And it was his vision to bring this production to life. Here he is talking to Louise. I was fascinated how the globe... I felt like, yeah, I understand what they are doing. 
you know when you feel like you are very minor or you are not that good and then you see the things and it's not far you understand what they are doing yeah. you are understanding what they are you can understand how to achieve it yeah it's not that bad we are doing this already in his mind he just repeated to himself that Shakespeare had done it with nothing but a bare stage on the banks of the Thames. That was his vision. And as you heard Louise describe the emotion of that audience, you'll also see their expressions in those pictures in the article. Gamal achieves something truly remarkable. Since Friday, Ireland and anyone with any Irish heritage have been celebrating St Patrick's Day, an Irish win at the Cheltenham Gold Cup in the UK. And I'm sure a lot of sore heads today waking up in Ireland after celebrations, after winning the Six Nations. Ireland's captain says there's still plenty of work to do, though, ahead of the Autumn's World Cup. Ireland held on to beat a 14-man England, claiming their fourth Grand Slam in history. But captain Johnny Sexton says it wasn't as straightforward as they would have liked. We threw the ball away too many times today. Um, we talk about, you know, seeing the pack, don't just guess, and we, we guess too many times. And uh, thankfully it didn't cost us, but it could have. And they're the things that we need to take out of the game going forward into, into next time we're together. Well, that's all for today, but join us tomorrow where we'll be marking the 20th anniversary of the war in Iraq. And don't forget, if you've enjoyed the journalism you heard on this podcast, you can take out a digital subscription to The Times of London. <laughs>